0: If you can join with me in our Bible, I'm going to read from two different texts. We're going to look in Exodus, the second chapter, and the third chapter, a few verses from there, then also in the New Testament from Acts, the 17th chapter. First, if you can start in Exodus with me, the second chapter, looking in verses 1 through 4. Then I'll go to the third chapter, verses 1 to 3. And then I'll go to Acts 7, chapter, verses 17 to 22. If you can't keep them on, on your inside of your bulletin, there's a note. You can write them down right there, and, you, and I, I'll let you know where I am so you can stay with me, so... It's going to be all right, but we're going, we're going to take this ride together. Uh, are y'all with me in Exodus? If, you say, if you're with this, say amen. amen. If you're still traveling, say hold on. Amen. I'm glad we arrived together. Uh, Exodus 2nd chapter, verses uh, 1 through 4 in the New Living Translation says About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The
1: woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reed and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. But she put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby sisters then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. To the third chapter, verses 1 through 3. It says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. The, he led of the flock far from the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses, started, st- Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing. Moses said to him, so why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. Then into the New Testament, Acts seventh chapter, verses 17 to 22. I'm reading verses 17 to 22 from the New Living Translation of the Word of God says. As the time drew near when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our, of our people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. This king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. At that time, Moses was born a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months. When they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. I want to draw your attention at the first few words of each of those passages
0: they all symbolize that something took place at a certain time it's giving you a setting of the action that's going to follow one of them summarize what you're about to read about later on one is that you know why I am inputting this at this point for example Exodus the second chapter not the first chapter why not the first chapter well He had to introduce you to why he has to make it to the second chapter. Because in the second chapter, it says, and at this time. Let you know that there's something going on here. What what is going on here? Acts 7th chapter breaks it down to us because it introduces a new character that's not mentioned in Exodus. It says, Abraham. Saying that it came to the time that God had to fulfill the promise of Abraham. What does Abraham have to do with Moses? Why is there a connection when Stephen is speaking to the church in the New Testament at the time, to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, expressing to them the benefit of the seed? And he started with Abraham. He went to Moses. He went to did his, uh, 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 after Moses to the kings that led to Christ. Why did Stephen... Take the time to mention these patriarchs in that seventh chapter of Acts. And afterwards, he laid down the word of God. They stoned him because he gave them the product of the blessing and the benefit of the seed. If you look at this, it's, it's setting up a time and a setting so each movement can be brought together. Each movement is brought together to create a bigger, masterful picture. The symphony is being played. So God opened up his great music by making the creation. And when he made creation, the world was without sin. And he made Adam and he made Eve and they were with him. But sin entered in because it says the serpent was more craftier. Then all the wild animals. And he deceived Adam and Eve. Then God said, I will put enmity between the seed of the serpent and of the woman. I will put hostility. I will make you enemies of another. The serpent will hate the male seed, and the male seed will hate the serpent. And, and Pastor Brains is saying like this, the devil don't like me, and I don't like the devil. The feeling is mutual let's get it on because when you realize that you have not a friend but you have an enmity an enemy then you are willing to fight them tooth and nail and so the enemy's been busy trying to fight against the seed that God was going to bless with tooth and nail Look what's happening here. Every time Abraham had problems, uh, he was doubting that he was going to have a seed, and God had to work with it. But yet, you see how God told Abraham, I will bless not just you, but I'll make your name great. I'll give you a great land. People will be blessed. By you, you will be a blessing. And those who bless you will be blessed. Those who curse you will be cursed. And so as you travel along, God also told Abraham this. He said, Abraham, I I know you're kind of befuddled. You're kind of stressed out. You don't think things are going to come, all right. But then God said, let me break it down to you in Genesis, the 15th chapter, verses 13 to 15. He said, God said to Abraham, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs. Hmm where they will be enslaved and oppressed for a hundred years but I will also judge the nation whom they will
1: serve and afterward they will come out with many possessions Mm. as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace you will be buried at a good old age my, my, my
0: and that is just a Add on to the blessing he already gave him. And so that's why when you look at Exodus 2nd chapter, it says about this time. What's about this time? It's about the time that God realized that the 400 years of being strangers in a foreign land is about to be up. It's about that time that God says, I remember my promise with Abraham and his descendants have grown. They have multiplied. They became a great name and they found out that someone didn't like them. God said, I will curse those who will curse you. The king who did not know Joseph. Isn't that how it happens when people don't know who you are? They don't know how to properly treat you. So the king who did not know Joseph decided that, since I don't know these folks, they're becoming great in number. We need to oppress them and enslave them. And what happened to him all of a sudden? He went from being the blessing to being the curse. God will bless those who bless us. And will curse those who curse. He cursed them. He said, "I will oppress them." God said, "I will judge the nation." Do you not? Did I not just read that? Genesis 15 chapter. Check it. God said, "I will judge the nation that does this to you." Bam! He has just been judged. And so, look how God's working and out. He said, "Abraham, not you. You won't possess it, but your children will possess this land." And so, now about. This time, a man marries a woman, they have a child. Look at what's happening. It's setting the setting out here. You don't get the name of the father nor the mother that has let you know they're from the tribe of Levi. But yet, we know Levi is one of the children of Abraham. Oh, Abraham, your seed, your offspring will inherit this land. there will be a blessing. Your seed. Oh, the seed from Levi that she chose, who God chose, was Moses. God is orchestrating the symphony. He's starting out, he started out the movement in, in the Garden of Eden. That first movement he developed and made Abraham. Now he's yet the second movement. In the second movement, he says, I'll bring up Moses. And so we look at Moses. We see how he was beautiful. His parents saw that he was special. Uh, Stephen said how God said he was special. And so you see here how God can choose us and make us special. And look here that God was protecting the children. Because look what's trying to be done here. Pharaoh's trying to kill all the men children. If he kills all of the male children, he kills all of the male seed. If he kills all of the male seed, then there's nothing to have enmity against the serpent. It's amazing how the enemy can work things in. Pharaoh probably thought it was his idea, but devil was right there trying to get up all up in his mind and say what he should do. Y'all need to watch out. Sometimes y'all might get the same ideas. It look good it sound good. and You're doing things that seem logical, that make sense, but yet it is evil as it can be. And look how people may come against you just because how special you are. They might see you growing because of the grace of God. If you look in the Exodus text, it says the more they were oppressed, <laughs> the more they grew. So the more he tried to cause them hardship, the stronger they became. Somebody catch that. The more the enemy's trying to push you down, it's only going to make you strong. It remind me of a story a friend told me that a father told a son to, to go outside and push that rock. So the son would go out and push the rock day after day after day. He'd come home and go out there and push this big old rock in the back of the yard. And one day he came to his father. Father, I've been pushing this rock for years after years, months after months, days after days, and I can't move the rock. His dad looked at him and said, did I ever tell you to move the rock? said, I just told you to go out there and push the rock. And so he
1: said, but why, Dad? He said, son, uh, take your shirt off. Son took his shirt off and started seeing muscles all over that He didn't know he had. Uh, went from being a skinny
0: little rat to a strong young man from out there pushing the rock. And he says, all this time you was trying to move the rock, but yet you was, you was getting stronger from just pushing on the rock. See, sometimes we try to make something in front of us to do something we should not do instead of we just be pushing and just becoming strong. Sometimes you try to control the situation that you can control and you can't control it and God is just making you. Stronger. Pharaoh thought he could push them out of the way, but instead he was just making them stronger. Somebody at your job might be trying to push you out that job, but they're just going to make you even more efficient at your job. Somebody might be competing against you in in a sporting event, but all they do is get you stronger and faster and better. It's all about how you look at. And so we see here how God is saying, look here, I am working all of this out for your good. And look, look, I I want you to cast this, cast this, cast this. He tells Abraham 400 years ago about what's about to happen. Y'all cast that. He tells Abraham 400 years ago what is going to happen. You can't tell me what's going to happen come 4 o'clock. But God told Abraham... In 400 years, your people, your children, your great grandkids, Pookie and them, they gonna be locked up in Egypt, oppressed. But that's alright, because I will bring them out. And I know you're gonna be mad uh, that they were oppressed. Don't worry about that. I will judge who did that. Because why? I told you, I'll make your name great. Uh, I'll make you a blessing. Uh, you build blessed. Uh, I'll bless your seed. Uh, I'll give them a great land. So you can see here how God is. So I'm working this out for you. Your good. There's a benefit of being part of the sea. Because when you're part of the sea, you're part of God's great master plane. The conductor is making a beautiful, beautiful masterpiece. So you see, there's a time for the promise. It says, At this time. Then the third chapter of Exodus says, on this day. Do you see how God is moving through Moses? Because look how it all lines up. 400 years is about to come. It takes 80 years to prepare Moses. Y'all catch that. 400 years is about to come, but it takes 80 years to prepare Moses. And then when I looked at these numbers, I started thinking about it, at, 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 at the 10%, <laughs> Moses was led out to the wilderness at 40 years, at 40 years. <laughs> then he became 80, God sent him back, because it's almost time. <laughs> You see how God is working it out. And the thing is this, while you're going through hardships, while you're going through problems, while you're going through stress, it does not mean God is still working it out for your benefit. Because while they were oppressed, we see in the text that Moses was gone. While things got harder, God was hearing their cries. While things were getting rougher, God was preparing for them a deliverer that's going to take them out of their oppression. You see, I want to show you that there's a time for the promise. second, I want you to understand that God is working it out in the meantime. (laughs) See, while you're waiting for the time to come, you need to allow God to work with you while you're waiting for the time. Because in the meantime, God is still putting things in place for you. Look, look at your life. Look at your life. We can all realize that we had to go to school and school. And now we have to go and gain our education. Now, when children are young and gaining their education, they always want to do the jobs they see on soap opera. I, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a fireman, I want to be a doctor, you know, cause that's what we see on the sofa, we see all them things. So those, those are the times that come out. But now to the modern technology, it's amazing. You get a young kid now, they tell you these big words now. I, I didn't know how to say these words when I was three years old, but they say, I, I want to be a biologist, excuse me? They know these big words now, cause why? The modern technology, as education has increased, they've broadening their perspective that they can say these big words. Because they have bigger dreams. Because they've seen this bigger world. But look how it's all working out. In order for them to get that diploma, in order for them to receive that graduate certificate, they've got to work in the meantime. you understand how God, as his orchestra, as a symphony, you know, they've got to place those notes at the proper place within the stanza so that it makes beautiful music it has to make sure it's at the right tempo or at the right pace in order for the harmony to come together each one has a different movement a different way same thing in our life we look here things were moving fast and then it slowed down when God slowed it down he slowed it down when he started bringing the story to focus on Moses in our lives, it may seem things are passing around us so quickly and so fast and we think that God is not paying any attention to what's going on in our lives because things are not adding up, things are not working the way we want them to work. We seem like we're crying out and praying out to God and prayers are, are being unanswered. But what my Bible shows me that as much as they were impressed and more they cried out to God, the more God was working in their favor. It says that in Acts seven chapter says that how Moses was educated in the ways of the Egyptian. He became not just knowing his own heritage by being nursed by his mother, but yet he also was able to grow and know the education and know the ways of the enemy. That went over somebody's head. He learned the tactics of the enemy. And when he knew the tactics of the enemy, He was able to better defeat the enemy. And then he was able to use that knowledge as they went on facing other enemies. I want you to catch this here. Egypt was a great empire at the time. Nobody went against Egypt. So when they heard about the children of Israel who left Egypt and were walking in their direction... They started trembling and shaking, says, Uh oh. They came out of Egypt. They already knocked out some kings. That's why they talk about it in Jericho. They were scared because they heard about their God leading them out of Egypt. And the sad thing that you catch from this that the other people feared their God, but they didn't. Yeah, that went over somebody and said, Let me help you out. You've been blessed for so long. You've been living a good life for so long. You've been eating good for so long. You've been having nice cars for so long. You've been able to go out and buy stuff and not look at a price tag for so long that you forgot who got you there. You thought you were the benefit of the blessing. Now realize you're the benefactor. You thought you're the reason why things are going good. Now realize you're the result of the reason. You see, we are blessed, not because we are so good, but we are blessed because our God is so good. Our God is so good that while you're trying to figure it out, he already worked it out. Our God is so good while you stressed and oppressed, God has already told you you're blessed. Our God is so good you're about to pull your hair out, God is trying to pull you out. And so when you look at the situation, you can see that when you know God, then you know the benefit of being blessed by a good God. And this good God not only has a time for His promise, this good God not only will work it out in the meantime of the promise, but also God will show you how good the promise is. Because when you look at the Acts 7 chapter and you go a little bit further down of Acts uh, the 7th chapter we, we see how uh, Paul, excuse me not Stephen goes on and tells them what Moses told him back in Deuteronomy saying that uh, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from the brethren said God will rise up for you a prophet that looks like the brethren. Y'all see that in verse 37? How God will raise. He goes and saying that in the New Living Church. And Moses himself told the people of Israel. God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Look here. This is some generations, thousand years before. And God is letting Moses know that yet there's still another promise to come. See, we're about to... We're celebrating the advent of Christ, the coming of Christ, but yet we already had the first advent. We're waiting for the second coming, but yet they waited 400 years in oppressing just to wait for God to sow himself to them. And catch this, catch this, catch this. God was already working it out for their favor, but yet he had to do it the way he was. Because why? He says, I will give them a land of milk and honey. And when he tells us to Abraham and he tells us to Moses how he has a promised land for them, and he tells Moses he's giving them a land of milk and honey, look what's happening here. While in the meantime they're in the wilderness, God says, I'm waiting to get you there because if I uh, move them out now, everything will go to waste. He says, they got to be there because you need somebody to take care of your cows. He said, they got to be there, you need somebody to make sure your house is in good order. Because they walked into a land that was already developed. They weren't in a place where people already took the time to make sure they had farmland so they could continue to graze their their crops and and raise them up and have wine presses. They went in to fortified places and took their weaponry, took their treasures, and made it their own. It's the same thing with us that we can realize how God is telling Moses, look here, I am preparing for you something greater. I want you to grab and realize, as good as life is right now, God is planning for you something greater. We've, we have the first advent of Christ. Now we're waiting for the second advent, the second coming of Christ. We, we are in another movement right now, waiting on this, the last movement. When that last sound is played. Y'all know that last sound? The archangel is going to sound the trumpet. At that last sound, it's game over. <laughs> Time is up. And so we are waiting for God to finish this great symphony He is playing. But in the meantime, we gotta be the musical notes He places on the sheet and make so we're making good harmony. How can we make good harmony? Well, first place we need to understand how who the blessing is. The blessing came through 42 generations, it's say. To Jesus... The blessing came when God looked at Adam and even told him, I will give you a seed. The blessing came when he stopped down by Abraham, let him know I chose you and you're going to be a blessing. The blessing came when Abraham had Isaac and Isaac received a blessing from God. The blessing came when Isaac had Jacob and Esau and and the blessing fell on Jacob. The blessing came when Jacob wrestled with the angel, changed his name to Israel because he seen the face of God. The blessing came when Israel got so excited that he had 12 sons, he liked one better than the other. The blessing came that the, his, the patriarchs, the brothers, hated Joseph and sold him into slavery. But the whole situation as Joseph went and told him, this is all done. Now, don't get upset. Uh, don't get mad. What the devil, what the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. Uh, I can see Joseph saying, God's been orchestrating this uh, from the beginning. Uh, Don't get caught up with yourself because the devil had his way, but God uh, has the final say. Uh, Don't get upset because the devil sometimes looks like he got victory because when the battle is over, the trumpet will sound. Do you see how God is working it all out for your good? And so that's why after Joseph is gone, they thought they lost something. But God said, At this time, I brought Moses. But we move further down the line when we look at our Gospels, in the beginning of the Gospels, we see at this time, in a town called Bethlehem, was a baby born named Jesus. And this baby that was born named Jesus, some miraculous things happened. Is that angels showed up singing, uh, shepherds came by worshiping, uh, magi travel from the from the from the east to come all the way to see the son of David. But yet we see how some themes are being repeated here. When Herod heard of the king, the son of David, he sounded a lot like Pharaoh. Go kill them boys. But then, just like our God, uh, he showed up at the right time. And Joseph, he went to Egypt. Uh, You see the same kind of theme. Uh, The children were scared in Egypt, uh, but he waited for someone to die. Uh, Moses did not come back until that Pharaoh was dead. Joseph heard that Herod was dead. Joseph went out with his little baby boy named Jesus, and when Jesus came back, he started working it out for your and my good. When he came back, he came to make the blind to see, the lame to walk. When he came back, he took those who were oppressed and enslaved, the captives, to set them free. Do you see the benefit of the seed? Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. But I want you to catch real good this blessing that comes from knowing Jesus, the true seed, the bright and the morning star. No matter what you've Going through, When you stand under the covering of Jesus, you can be oppressed, but you can still grow stronger. You can cry out, and God can still hear your cry. You can be in the wilderness, but just know, just know, God is still preparing your, your promised land. Do you see the benefit of the sea? So next time you open up a Christmas gift, I want you to think how you waited till that day just to open up that gift. Think about how God has a greater gift that you just can't wait to open up. But you can just hold on just a little bit longer. Just hold on knowing that there's a benefit of the seed. And we are now children of Abraham, and we receive the blessing of that seed. Hold on to that, every, about every eyes closed. Father, we come to you, God. Thank you for being a, a benefit of the seed. Father, we thank you that you work things out for our good. That, Father, you see what the enemy is trying to do against us, but you have already prepared ways for us to overcome. Father, we thank you. That you will not lead us into temptation, but you are the one who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before your presence, both now and forevermore. God, you can do all things above and beyond what we can ask or think, because you're that great. And Father, as we look at our lives, we realize that we are nothing but just some notes on your big, masterful symphony. And, Lord, we want to play our part. We want to be who you call us to be. Father, we no longer want to try to press our own ways through, but allow you to lead us through. No longer are we going to rely on the tricks and the schemes of the enemy, but, Father, we're going to call only on your name and trust you to be our heart, to be our help, to be our strength, to be our redeemer. Father, we call upon the name of Jesus. As our Lord and Savior. And we give him the glory. And we give him the honor. In Jesus name Father Lord we pray. Amen.